0: Get sales lessons from experts and entrepreneurs Go out there and be the spokesperson and the representative for the brand On how you can bring your
1: A-game in selling
0: Making sales requires putting yourself out there and being vulnerable
1: To start and scale your business We need to negotiate
0: for what we deserve
1: This is Ace the Sales Podcast and here's your host Roshni Burronia.
0: Hey there, so happy to have you joining me for today's episode where I am talking to Bhargavi Swami, CEO of Excel Corporation, which is an HR and brand consulting firm. She is also a podcaster hosting the show People Who Matter. But before I start my conversation with her, a quick reminder to follow Is The Sales Podcast on your podcast listening app, which could be Spotify, Apple, iTunes, gana google podcast twitter or wherever you get your podcasts because when you do that it helps us taste this podcast and these valuable conversations to many more entrepreneurs just like yourself so just hit the follow button on your podcast listening app and now let's bring Bhargavi onto the mic Okay, so here we are. Hi, Bhargavi. I'm so delighted to have you on Ace the Sales Podcast. And uh, instead of reading out the usual introduction of yours, which is you being an HR expert, a podcaster, I want to touch upon the other side of you, where you come from doing a stint in radio, you have studied mass communication, you come from a family of musicians. So talk us a little bit about the transition, right, from radio, from creative work, to, into um, HR consulting, being the CEO of Excel Corporation. How did that happen?
1: Well, First of all, thank you, Roshni. Thank you so much. Uh, like we discussed, we wanted this to happen for some time and I'm so glad it's happening now. So likewise, uh, I love to catch some of the episodes of your podcast as well. And it's extremely inspiring. And I think you're doing a fab job in getting some motivational stories out there. So, um, all right, back to my background uh, of being somebody from a non-human resources background who jumped into this uh, amazing space of managing human talent well i i did start out by being a communications major so uh, i'm a gold medalist from symbiosis for mass communication and um, I was thinking that my career is going to span out like every other youngster bright-eyed from college, thinking that what I've studied is exactly what I'm going to do. And of course, life had other plans and the industry is moving in a pace which is unbeatable and uh, unimaginable. And that's what happened with me. My father, uh, I come from a family of engineers who are passionate about music. Let me put it that way. So every, everybody in my family sings or they play an instrument or something like that. So they're passionate about music. However, they're all a family of engineers. So extremely science-heavy family is what I come from. I I used to love sciences till I realized that maybe I don't want to make a career out of it and I always had a creative bent of mind which is why I went into humanities, psychology, economics, history, languages. I have a flair for languages as well. So I speak at least five to six languages. So these things helped me you know, in, in the process of understanding that communication is probably the space I should be in. Little did I know that what I've studied as mass communication would translate into a communication form masses which is talent that I'm trying to hire uh, you know for companies and um, my father started uh, his retirement project which was excel corporation so he was someone who traveled a lot so we didn't see him too much while we were growing up He was into sales and marketing as well for many companies. And uh, when he constantly got posted, you know, to different cities, uh, we couldn't always move with him. So he realized that before we grow up and, you know, leave the nest and fly out, he wanted to put the roots down by starting an organization where he felt he could help the human talent, the human capital, uh, which he had always seen was something that was lacking either in the skill set or in the confidence Um, or in terms of translating, you know, your skill sets on a resume into an interview and then succeeding in it. So that's when he started Excel Corporation, which originally started out as a human resources recruitment staffing firm. And um, I joined the business. uh, So our company is around 13 to 14 years old. And I was, of course, when it's a family business, you're always part of it, whether you like it or not. So in fact, the first email that was ever sent out for Excel was, you know, from me. And uh, I, during my project days in mass communication, I designed the logo of the company and, you know, I got the letterhead ready and things like that. So you're always involved, whether you like it or not. So, I mean, I've always been a part of this organization, but officially I joined it uh, around 11 to 12 years back. And um, since the day I joined, I realized that there's a lot of work that I can add on, you know, from. from the new generation's lengths from a new perspective that can be added on when you're looking at managing and handling human capital and that's what I brought to the business I started purely to manage the branding of the business you know to uh, give it a perception in in the wide world of human capital uh, so that Excel Corporation could stand out and before I knew it I was completely sucked into the business I was managing at least 5 to 6 verticals and then you know I slowly grow the ranks and today I'm the CEO of the organization as well so that prompted me to study human resources as well, like I was telling you, uh, so that I can advise my clients right uh, from a place of knowledge. And uh, that's when I had to do another master's. But yes, that's, that's basically the story of how someone like me from a humanities background got into Excel Corporation, which is into human capital.
0: Wow, wow, that's, that's quite a journey. And uh, I think the underlying fact that enabled you to do that is to just go with the flow. I mean, uh, in, in spite of working in mass communication, having a radio background. You we were open to doing the work of sales and marketing, doing the logos and, uh, yeah, working in that organization which is good, talking about completely different topic. But, uh, yeah, great. We will get to more of your... Uh, uh, entrepreneurial journey in the Excel Corporation but before that let me just touch upon the other side of Bargavi, so which we call the BTS on ATS which is behind the scenes on Ace the Sales Podcast where we are, will do just fun questions uh, to know the parts which not many people know okay <laughs> alright okay So Bhargavi, tell us one silly habit that
1: you have which drives people around you crazy. Oh, there are a lot of silly habits. Uh, Ask people around me, they're going to be like, this one, nuts. (laughs) That's what probably is the definition for me, (laughs) for most most of the people who know. Uh, but I think have a very active imagination in general. So if you're speaking something, right, I can visually imagine it. Maybe it's the mass comm side. Maybe I was always like this. I don't know. I'm a very visual person, apart from just being, you know, an audio person as well, because I run a podcast. But um, if you tell me something, you narrate something, whether it's about the mechanics of a hydraulics machine, or whether it's about this amazing date that you went on with your boyfriend, I can imagine like it's a visual uh, play going on screenplay is going on in my head. So I think that's a habit. uh, Yeah, people find unique and annoying at the same time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tell us one thing that we won't find or know from your profile on social media or your website.
1: I'm trying to be, you know, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm an open book. No, I don't want everybody to know everything. Where's the mystery in that? But I would say I am fiercely loyal for the people who have earned my trust and earned my loyalty. I'm fiercely loyal. Uh, for them so that's something I don't advertise online but whoever is within you know my acquaintance or my friend's circle I've definitely seen that they've experienced it so yeah they probably know the true real me yes
0: okay Uh, when I say a successful woman business owner who comes to your mind
1: well there are several several uh, examples for it both internationally as in India I would say I don't want to call it a business woman anymore or a female entrepreneur. I'm sure you will agree as well because you want, if you want an equal seat in that table, right, you need to go with the merit of just being an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter whether man, woman... You don't identify with a gender, you identify with a gender. I think none of that matters anymore because now there are so many more examples, right, of people who've come forth and really established themselves in the space. So I think um, some of the best best examples in the world are, of course, for us all to see, uh, whether it's an Indra Nui or Falguni Nair or whether it's Sudha Murthy. She's done done a very different entrepreneurial journey in her own way. The social entrepreneurship movement kind of took off with her. There are so many, so many amazing women out there in different countries, uh, whether it's, especially in, uh, I would say a lot of women from places which you don't even experience. Like today, I was reading a wonderful story about the Lijat Papad uh, ladies. The, first seven ladies of Lijat Power in 1959 who started uh, you know the journey I'm sorry I don't remember all their names but what a journey right 1959 rural India I mean getting mentored by somebody who's also a rural local businessman and then these ladies created what we call a, a mammoth uh, of a company and today I was just reading at 1600 crore revenue uh, I mean those are crazy numbers and to sustain a business which is over 60 plus years in Indian market with the volatile Indian market, the political diaspora that we've had, the ups and downs of just inflation, recession, everything else. I mean, I run a business. I exactly know what it means, uh, having gone through multiple recessions, multiple inflation in the last 13, 14 years. So, I mean, kudos to such people. So, I wouldn't say, you know, the the entrepreneur that inspires me, not just the big name that we read in the magazines, but a lot of smaller stories, which have not even come to the forefront. Like, I, I met a cottage industry person very recently, who has been working on the uh, the ikat work that they do or madhubani paintings so many women are out there who are striving to make a niche for themselves be financially independent that's such an important aspect whether it's urban rural india financial freedom has sunk in deep into so many people's hearts and minds that i think all these stories are inspiring for me so i learn every day and i do not for one second take this comfortable seat saying oh my god I've achieved everything and you know let's rest on our laurels no way
0: no not at all in fact in fact uh, this podcast and the way we bring out uh, women entrepreneurs on this podcast as well is a way of us putting the spotlight on all the people who are doing great work i mean it's not only the people who made it to the headlines or the cover pages but it's also people like you and me who are trying to make a difference every day in a very small way or, uh, if uh, if we may say so but uh, but yeah i think impact is uh, making its way with every little conversation with every person trying to do their best. So awesome. Great. So uh, let's deep dive into our conversation where we can learn from you some tips about uh, business management, growing your business and doing selling in your business. So uh, Bhargavi, you said that uh, you are a second generation entrepreneur and uh, this this was a business that your father started and you joined it uh, business. So I'm sure you have had loads of business lessons being handed down to you from him so can you share a couple of uh, those business lessons that you've inherited or learned from your father
1: yes absolutely it's so timely that you asked me this Uh, you know it was just teacher's day a couple of days back and I put out a post uh, uh, recognizing my father as my business guru something that my ego doesn't allow me to do very often (laughs) but I don't (laughs) (laughs) what I did. And uh, I I did list out a few things um, there as life lessons as business lessons that I've learned from him. So I think it's always it's a very interesting um, journey for any person to work with a family member. And um, I think a lot of businesses that run on successful family relations, you know, have really taught us a lot when it comes to this. I think number one rule which I would say both of us establish for each other, especially now this is for the audiences of yours who are into family businesses who work with their own, you know, relations and things like that. Have a very clear conversation about how much of this is personal and how much of this is business. You need to know when to switch off Uh, the minute the job is done, the work is done and you walk out of the office or you log out of your laptop, whatever it is. You need to know those boundaries of personal and professional because trust me, as uh, you navigate life and business in the years to come, it's always a challenge if you can't keep the two aside. So that is, I think, lesson number one. Um, The second is we uh, started out as a a small entrepreneurship company. So my dad comes from this old school of businessmen who will try to be bootstrapped till as much as they can be and who will not, uh, who love zero debt. So ours is a zero debt company and uh, that's the way we want to keep it. And uh, going into an investment and raising, uh, you know, a fund's equity, that's a different conversation. But I think that's something I learned from him, that you have to be very careful about the fund that you have. The running capital for the day is very, very important. So any new innovation, anything that you want to try out, everything has to be done with the mindset of frugal innovation. That's literally the cornerstone of Excel Corporation is frugal innovation. Uh, we are not the big spenders on Many, many trends, technology and other things. We definitely try it out and we try our own way of getting a version which works for us without really emptying out our pockets and i think that's very important for every small business which i understand is your main target audience to be frugal to not really jump into the bandwagon when you see so many successful stories online that you know they raise this much and they spend that much trust me the i, I mean in one of my podcasts you know i was interviewing a very successful sealer entrepreneur and he mentioned this and such a such a uh, valid point so this person is mr uh, Uh, Mohit, who is the former founder of moneycontrol.in. And he said, you know, the minute you raise funds, it's like you're a moving target. So that stuck with me. He's like the minute you bring investors into the picture, which is great for the business, which you need to have in expansion, everything. But please remember, you've set a target on your back. So every time you are answerable to them, so make sure your business is ready for that before you go into this whole, you know, investment space or fundraising space. And that's exactly what my dad says as well. So I think that's a great and important lesson. And apart from that, I think just an honest days, sincere work is never old fashioned. Hard work can never be out of fashion no matter what happens in the world, what technology comes in, what platforms we use, uh, you know, what web 3.0, 2.0, whatever we're using, hard work was never going to go out of fashion. Smart work, yes, you must work smartly, but never ever not put in the hours that you need to put in, in order to achieve what you need to. So yeah, these are some of the, yeah, life-changing lessons I learned. I I would like to add, I taught him quite a few things too. (laughs) (laughs) Great.
0: So uh, so like you said uh, that uh, you were, on the building the business on the cornerstone of frugal innovation. So it is very little that you were spending on the very fancy stuff, but it was very hardcore putting yourself out there, going out there, meeting your clients and uh, doing the old school things of just uh, reaching out. So this is the traditional way of selling, right? So when you got into the shoes of the CEO, what were the first few things that you incorporated? How did you build up your sales function and sales team? Was it you alone doing it You have, or you got to creating the entire sales function with the sales team? How was it like? What was the first step? Hey there, hope you've been loving the episode so far. Just wanted to take a moment to invite you to Ace the Sales Club, which is a tribe of women small business owners who dream, dare and do amazing stuff. If that's you, which I'm sure you are, just sign up for it from the link given in show notes as every month we share with you tools and resources that can save you time, save you money or help you make more money as a solopreneur. So sign up for the club from the link given in show notes. And now back to the episode.
1: Sure. I'd just like to add here that I think the the innovation in the frugal innovation that we set out, it started happening at least eight to 10 years back. Uh, you know, ever since I joined the organization, I've always tried to incorporate new things, whether it's um, new ways of services that we can provide, new ways of being visible in the market. And I do agree that there is a lot of traditional sales call that can, again, never go out of fashion, never can go out of style. But I think we, we started doing innovations pretty early, even before I took over as a CEO. Maybe that, that was a reason why I was given this mantle as well saying go ahead now you're ready you know, take on the role of the CEO because of the fact that certain innovations that we worked on really worked for us. So I'll tell you a a quick story, which also ties in my... Yeah, you can share those innovations also. Absolutely, absolutely. I think one of them is very open and blatant for everybody to see, uh, which I'm happily plugging in here in my conversation is my podcast itself. Yeah, talking about innovation. um, So what happened is, you know, in 2018, which is nearly four to five years back, we were going through, um, you know, the regular slump any established business will go through. You want to move forward, but you don't know which direction you want to choose. Um, You want to continue with the existing business and the status quo because that's great capital coming into your company and you don't want to disturb that. So, and I was a very restless soul all the time. So, you know, I constantly need things to stimulate me in business because I can, I would say I I don't like stagnation and I constantly strive to learn and do more and be as uh, with the times as I can be. So I was on a holiday in US and uh, I was listening to podcasts and I was just listening to multiple podcasts there. Uh, I'm saying USA because at that point in time, Indian, India didn't have so many podcasts. This is 2018. Okay. And uh, there it was a mature market. So I heard all this and I came back and you know, constantly you're inspired when you travel, right? It's a great cultural exchange, diversity, you get to see what's going on outside and you want to bring that into your country. So that's exactly what happened. I decided to start approaching our clients in a uh, non-forceful way, non-aggressive way. It was a passive approach to them. At the same time, it makes them feel good. It makes my brand have a voice and subtly tells people what I do without shouting down, you know, oh my god, we're a HR recruitment company, please come to us, we will, you know, help you with your placements. Instead of doing that, I decided to make something which will outlast me as well. I hope that I'm, you know, creating something which is an IP, which is a legacy and which will outlast me hopefully. So that's how People Who Matter, the podcast show was born. And uh, uh, at that point of time, again, India didn't have so many tools. We didn't have Spotify. We didn't have Anchor. We didn't have Ghana. We didn't have so much here. And I had to place my podcast on a US-based server. So what happened is, automatically, the podcast got distributed in two markets. One is the mature North American markets, which is your Canada, North America, uh, Australia, Europe. And it also, of course, deliberately, I was pushing it in the Indian diaspora, in the Asian market. So in India, Singapore, Dubai, that's also where my business is spread. So the podcast started getting pushed in these Circles as well. And uh, we were talking about everything, right from talking subtly about, you know, my journey with Excel, what I was doing, what is our company doing, how we positioned for the future, etc. We also invited the, the best in the business as well as up and coming entrepreneurs. So we wanted to provide a platform to up and coming entrepreneurs, but we knew very well that it can't happen without having some big names as well. On the podcast, because that's what will give our podcast that kind of visibility, which you know any new uh, product, any new service would need. So uh, that's how we started. And since ours was a services company, which is Excel Corporation, which is a human resources talent consulting firm, uh, we wanted something which is tangible, where people can connect with us as our brand, without actually, you know, having to take our services all the time. And that's how People Who Matter was born. So today, People Who Matter, Excel Corporation, Bhargavi, Swamy, these three things are synonymous with each other. So if people say my name, they know my company, they know my podcast. If they say the podcast, they know my company and me. So I think I, I was trying to create a brand for the company, which kind of catapulted to me having a brand image of myself as an individual, which today is very important for every leader. And um, of course, the podcast itself, we interviewed some of the best people in the market, right from, you know, the head of uh, the MD India of Facebook, down to founder of ID Fast Foods, the head HR of Big Basket. Uh, We had uh, this, in fact, the latest season, season four of the podcast started with the VP brand and marketing of Misho, which is very much in the headlines these days because of viral content. Uh, Lucky Senni was our opening guest. We ended with Shikha Gupta, who was the ex head of Swiggy. And today she's heading a company called Slice. So we had some interesting people, but we also peppered it with a lot of startup entrepreneurs from design tech, fintech, fashion tech, edutech food tech. So I mean, I was learning with every episode as well. And I started making more inroads into the network I wanted to build. So today, if I can say these names very confidently and send them a WhatsApp text or do business with them is simply because I thought out of the box. And to start a podcast in India didn't take me much money. And I didn't even I just had to have at that point of time. I think I didn't even have a professional mic. So I was pretty much plugged into my existing uh, laptop with you know my headphones on and I had a, a, an enclosure in the space that I was working in where it allowed me to record podcasts in the evening so I would do it after everybody goes home so it's silent the floor is silent and I could find this you know space so you have to do a lot of hustle of course nothing comes easy when you're trying to do frugal innovation you have to hustle a lot but it's totally worth it when you see the end results so through organic marketing uh, Roshni we didn't spend a pie on season one two three we reached an audience of over 70,000 And we had uh, over, I think, around that time, it was around 100k downloads. Today, after four seasons of People Who Matter podcast, with the season three getting picked up by Audible as an Audible exclusive. Today, we have over 2 million downloads across four seasons and we have over 100k subscribers. So this... Now I'm able to push my products to the subscribers as well. So I happen to author a book as well and uh, my human resources services that we do, which we also branched out into different things, which I will also tell you about. So these things now I'm able to push to a very active community and active audience list, which is watching me, which is reading what I write and they reach out to me that way. So I think that's a great problem.
0: Thanks so much, actually,
1: for sharing
0: and putting the spotlight on how to strategically use a podcast uh, for prospecting and connecting with your potential clients. Because uh, actually, that is one of the things. Being a podcast lover myself, (laughs) I emphasize a lot on people who are looking to uh, have that frugal innovation, if my repeat, if I may repeat your word. That uh, yes, it is a way of actually sharing your voice, sharing your thoughts, and expertise, but also connecting with your uh, potential clients, making your uh, services uh, known, loud, and clear. It's uh, your media billboard. So um, I also wanted to ask you, Hargavi, that uh, when you started to reach out to your uh, potential clients or you started doing prospecting or you started talking to people as to, hey, we we are an HR uh, recruitment and staffing company, which is a very, very competitive and cluttered space. I mean, there are so many recruitment agencies and staffing companies out there. So how did you communicate your USP, your
1: differentiator to your potential clients? Sure. So I think from the beginning, we always positioned ourselves in markets which didn't have too much competition. So having said that, let me give you the oxymoron. So uh, we started Excel Corporation in the tech city, Bangalore by positioning ourselves as a non-tech HR talent firm. So what we did was we, we didn't run behind the bulk hirings that everybody else was running at that point of time. You know, there was the big guns were Enforces, Wipro, uh, Capgemini, Cisco. They still are the heavyweights, of course. But today, if there's so much more, uh, so many more interesting opportunities and companies that have come. So when we started, we started aiming at manufacturing, engineering, heavy chemicals and, you know, uh, heavy engineering products, hydraulics. We were aiming at that as our clients. And so what we did was we kind of cut down the entire market space there. Secondly, we provide I did high quality, highly educated, uh, highly trained staff to provide this kind of service. Uh, I think in the beginning of this conversation, aside, I was telling you we're an all-woman HR organization. Again, my dad's brainchild. He's a bigger feminist than I am. He has two daughters, so he saw you know women dropping out in different life cycle changes that happen to them, whether it's marriage, relocation, uh, children, elderly care. Everything usually falls on the the shoulders of the woman, majority of the times. And because of that, a lot of women leave the job force and highly qualified women, right? You and I both know women like that, I'm sure. So uh, when that happens, uh, you lose confidence in yourself as an individual, especially if you've been a working person and, you know, work has become a part of your identity. And a lot of people in India associate themselves as, hi, my name is so-and-so, I'm the senior vice president in so-and-so company. It's not, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm a kind, smart, intellectual person who enjoys movies and reading. That's not how you describe yourself. So when identity loss happens, it shakes up the core of a person and it also affects your mental health, which then translates into a bad family situation and so on and so forth. So since my dad had seen a lot of that in his 35 years of you know career, He decided he'll he'll do a startup, which is a social, in his eyes, this is a social entrepreneurship organization. So what we do is we have a strong team of women recruiters, but they don't have an MBA HR. They actually are ex-engineers, ex-bankers, ex-teachers, ex-product designers, uh, ex-fashion designers, ex-media personalities, ex-singers. So these are the guys who are actually recruiting for our media tech, non-tech clients, So you're getting somebody from your industry who understands your industry problems and then recruiting for you. So that was one of our biggest USPs, which we got. Secondly, in our organization, we are able to, I mean, I think always 10% of our hires come from backward areas in India. Uh, So that we are able to give them not just computer skills, the basic computer skills, but also English training. So I'm talking about, you know, uh, we are headquartered in Bangalore. So we have a lot of people who joined us from, say, rural Karnataka, rural Andhra Pradesh, rural Tamil Nadu, who we were able to take on board and uh, not only teach them computer skills, but also train them in English. And today I'm so proud that some of them are heading our international clients as the face of Excel Corporation. So they are, you know, front-facing Singapore. They're front-facing Dubai clients. And this is, these are like great stories, this is like daily motivation for you to get up and go to work as well. So I think when when that happens, uh, it kind of makes you very focused on what you want to get, you know, out of this whole situation of starting an organization and then going forth. So uh, that was one USP of ours. The second I would say is we've always positioned ourselves as a boutique human resources consulting company. And uh, we've been a little bit ahead of our times because we solve problems which most people don't see. So, for example, we first identified the non-tech market, which was very disorganized, which needed an organized process-oriented recruitment system, which we put in place for many companies. Then we identified the startup market, which at that point of time, let me tell you, one of our first few clients has been early days Flipkart, early days Red Bus, early days uh, Urban Ladder, uh, which then turned into Urban Company. Uh, so these have been our first few by Jews, early days BaiJus. So these have been our first few clients that we have serviced. So when we service clients like that, we see the pain points very clearly. So we started another service, which is very popular today. It's called Virtual HR. So what we do is we just take off the entire burden of HR on a startup, which doesn't have the budgets for an internal HR manager. And we handle the entire process for them with a point of contact from our end and with probably a cost, which is half the cost they will pay on a per annum basis to an internal HR person. So these are problems we see and we solve. And thirdly, after so many years of experience of working, we've realized that people come to us with an impossible situation. So we are the guys to go to, or girls to go to rather, uh, when you when you need uh, to place a position which you've not been able to place. And we place it very successfully and we place it in the shortest turnaround time. Simply because our in-industry expertise within the recruiters that we have and the database funnels we've been able to create in the last 13 to 14 years. So this, I would say, is our very, our USPs in a very cluttered market.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Thinking out of the box again to actually uh, nail down what makes you different is something that I think every business owner should think about in the first place. Instead of just putting out their program products or services into the market, they should think about what, what is the differentiator, why it is so special and why will people buy and how will I communicate it to them? So uh, thanks for sharing all those uh, three things because uh, it's very important for us to nail it out that differentiator. So Bhairagavi, thanks for the lovely conversation. Just a last question that we always ask our guests on the show is that uh, what's your message to all the women entrepreneurs out there as to how they can fall in love with selling? Because this podcast is curated especially for women small business owners. So if you can give your advice, your tips as to how they can get better at selling
1: okay all right absolutely so i would say as women uh, we are already blessed with people skills so that's something most women don't have to learn you know just when you manage a family a household uh, just your community or your colony your gated whatever it is how you're able to manage those relations how you're able to navigate with friends and family after marriage all these skills really help in business as well, especially in selling. So I would say, number one, uh, be aware of how special you are and how gifted you already are without you actually having to push too much you know, uh, to learn that. Secondly, I would say the world today uh, is amazing and a lot of doors open today when you are a woman entrepreneur. I don't like to say "women entrepreneur too often. I like to say entrepreneur. But I would say with so many government policies, so many uh, investors looking into investing in women-led businesses, so many companies trying to collaborate with women-led businesses. And just the fact that, you know, a woman in in a room really changes the dynamics of a room. I truly believe that. A very very, uh, stoic and a very extremely bored or a serious space automatically lights up in the right way, in a very positive way. And you know, problems start getting solutions, you feel inspired, you feel like you want to, you know, collaborate further when a woman is in the room as well, the dynamics of any room will change, you can notice it at home, you can notice it outside. So I feel women are already very special. So they just have to, you know, make sure they use these very special skills. And finally, I would say women have to develop confidence. A lot of women, the main reason why they don't shine or they refuse to shine or they push someone else to gain the limelight is literally because they lack confidence. You need to believe in yourself. You need to believe in the product you're making. You need to believe in whatever role you have in the company. And I think you really need to go out there and put yourself out there with a lot of confidence and conviction. Whether it's asking for a raise of salary in your own company or whether it is asking an investor for money, or whether it is asking for equity share in a company, or anything and everything at all, right? You need to raise your voice for you to get what you want. Nobody is going to come and give it to you in your lap. Nobody has telepathic skills. So you really need to articulate what exactly you want with confidence, with conviction, you know, with, with, a, with the arguments ready. When you go, go very well prepared and researched. And that's when you make a mark in the business world or in life in general. So I would say this is my you know, three-point advice for women out there.
0: Wow, awesome. Put yourself out there and put yourself out there with confidence. So important. Thank you so much for this lovely conversation, Bhargavi. Uh, wishing you all the best and wishing you that we have more and more role models like yourself because you are doing such great work, not only at Excel Corporation, but also as a leader who is putting herself out there every day through her podcast, through her work. So kudos to you. Thank you so much for being here. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you found any value in today's episode, then remember to recommend Ace the Sales Podcast to at least one of your business buddies. You never know what insight they will get that can help them in their business. So do some good karma today. Finally, a loud shout out and thank you to the production team of Done For You Podcast who helped me in bringing this show to you. If you too are looking to start your podcast for the business, get in touch with DFIP from the link given in show notes. Join me in the next episode for yet another conversation that can help you fall in love with selling. Till then, take very good care of yourself. This is your host, Roshni Paranya, signing off.